the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. show hasn't been funny in years an snl podcast i am your host nick digilio i'm a podcaster comedy writer and performer graduate of second city and a saturday night live expert and historian and each week we will look back at everything snl the best the worst the good the bad the classic the forgotten we'll talk about full seasons and full casts behind the scenes stories episode sketches snl's historical significance and much much more sometimes i'll have guests sometimes i won't but with every episode I will always prove that that tired cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. Uh, Today's episode, which is episode number 39, is entitled Black Jeopardy with Doug. (laughs) It is about a sketch uh, that actually uh, was performed on an episode of Saturday Night Live and discussing the sketch and... um, and, and how significant it was and how important it was and how funny it was. Um, so on October 22nd, 2016, yes, Saturday Night Live did uh, have an episode. In fact, it was season 42 and it was episode number four. Uh, Tom Hanks was your host. Lady Gaga was your musical guest. So these are big names. These are actually as big as you can get in terms of celebrities, in terms of performers, in terms of people who could appear on Saturday Night Live, it doesn't get much bigger than Tom Hanks and Lady Gaga. It would be the ninth time that Tom Hanks has ho- had hosted. And, uh, and Lady Gaga, obviously one of the biggest music stars on the planet, uh, you know, in the history of music. So those two big stars on the show, it was during that hotly contested, crazy 2016 election season leading up to um, the November election day, uh, obviously between uh, Trump and, uh, and Clinton. Um, and so it was a big time. It was only the fourth episode of the season. SNL was on a roll during election years and during campaign seasons. You know, historically, SNL does very, very well because people want to turn on Saturday Night Live and see how they are going to handle what is happening in terms of politics and especially during an election year. And this was a big one. I mean, Donald Trump Trump was running for president. Uh, Hillary Clinton was also running for president. So either way, whoever would win this election, it would be hugely historical. Um, it would be an amazing moment in American history. And so, you know, people were tuning in to watch what was happening on Saturday Night Live, as we often do during those political times. You know, it's your go-to. We've talked about it a million times here on the podcast um, that, you know, SNL, you go there for your political comedy. You go there for what's happening during the week. It's timely. It's on the nose. You watch SNL for news. 
And, uh, you know, when Weekend Update hits or when something big in the news world happens, you definitely want to see the take that SNL is going to have on it. And that is consistent through the months and sometimes a year leading up to a big election. And elections didn't get much bigger than they did in the fall of 2016. So, again, this is October 22nd, 2016. SNL is uh, going to show you it's going to be episode uh, number four uh, from season 42. Again, Tom Hanks and Lady Gaga. Now. I did not watch that show live. Um, I, I didn't because something else was happening on that night. Yes, on October 22nd, 2016, something really, really big happened. Something huge, in fact. Something that took my attention away from Saturday Night Live. And it's really hard for anything to take Nick DiGilio's attention from Saturday Night Live. But there is something that did do that. Because on October 22nd, I did not watch Saturday Night Live live as it happened, 11.30 p.m., you know, Eastern, 10.30 p.m., uh, you know, Chicago time. I did not watch it live because something else happened. Something big happened. I didn't watch it until roughly 1, 2 o'clock in the morning later that night. Very, very late that night. So I actually technically did not watch it until October 23rd. So let me just remind you of what happened on October 22nd, 2016, that kept me away from watching this great episode of Saturday Night Live, which contained the entire sketch that we're going to be talking about. But something else was happening. Let me just uh, give you a little reminder. Puig pinch hitting, and he will hit a ground ball towards short. Russell goes to Baez one, over to first. The Cubs are going to the World Series. The Cubs win the pennant. The National League champion Chicago Cubs will play the Cleveland Indians in the World Series. All 25 guys, plus the coaches and manager Joe Madden, celebrating on the mound. Yeah, so that happened. Uh, for those of you who might not know, I am a lifelong Chicagoan. I grew up on Addison Street, the same street um, that, uh, the, that Wrigley Field is located on, six blocks away from that park. I am a diehard Cub fan. I have been my entire life. And so, yeah, I watched the Cubs clinch and win the pennant that night and clinch their way into the World Series, their first World Series since 1945. So, yeah, I was a little distracted that night. Uh, they won the pennant. They went to the World Series. Uh, by the way, Baez and Lester shared co-MVPs of that series. I called my father. I had a great time. I called people. I watched all the locker room stuff and all the celebration. This city that I live in, and I live right in the middle of the city, was on fire. Fireworks, cars driving around, people bump beeping, drinking in the streets, thousands and thousands of people running around Wrigleyville. It was a madhouse. It was insane. It was the first time since 1945 that the Cubs would go to the World Series, and they beat the goddamn Dodgers, and it was a moment of absolute bliss. So forgive me if I did not watch Season 42, Episode 4 of Saturday Night Live live while it happened with Tom Hanks and Lady Gaga. So anyway, let's get that out of the way. So, so I did not watch this particular episode until around 1 or 2 in the morning, after all of the insanity of the Cubs making it to the World Series for the first time since 1945, died down and my excitement level and my pulse rate and my heartbeat slowed down enough for me to actually settle down and go, okay, it's time to watch SNL. But when I did, 
in addition to the fact that it was an amazing night in Chicago sports history, it was also a pretty great night for SNL. As I mentioned, Tom Hanks and Lady Gaga uh, were um, were your uh, were your 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 host and and uh, musical guest. Your cast was Vanessa Bear, Beck Bennett, uh, Aidy Bryant, Michael Che, Pete Davidson, Leslie Jones, Colin Jost, Kate McKinnon, Kyle Mooney, Bobby Moynihan, Cecily Strong, Keenan Thompson, Sashir Zameda, and your featuring your featured players were Mikey Day, Alex Moffat, and Melissa Villasenor, and Alec Baldwin, of course, stopped by to play Trump. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it was a really solid sketch or a really solid show. Um, you know, the cold open was a debate, was the debate between Trump and Clinton played by Kate McKinnon, who played Clinton. Obviously, uh, Alec Baldwin played uh, Trump. So you had that, you had Lady Gaga performing two songs, one of which she performed with, with Mark Ronson. Um, there was, uh, an, uh, an appearance on Weekend Update by the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at a party, which is one of Cecily Strong's best characters. There was that. Weekend Update was strong. A lot of the sketches were strong. There was a great cockpit sketch, which featured Alec Baldwin, uh, you know, playing another cameo and Tom Hanks playing Sully Sullenberger, which he played, uh, that year in Clint Eastwood's movie about Sully Sullenberger, the movie Sully, which is terrific. So there was a very clever sketch about that. And there was a very, you know, very strong update, really strong musical guest, solid sketches. And obviously, Tom Hanks is one of the most reliable and one of the best hosts in the history of Saturday Night Live. So what you got right here is a really great episode. And most people remember, of course, this. Yo, How's it hanging? I'm David Pumpkins. And I'm going to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> Any questions? Scared and speechless? Oh, no, no, I'm just trying to wrap my head around David Pumpkins? I mean, are we supposed to know who that is? Yeah, it was just a guy in a pumpkin suit with two B-boy skeletons. I don't get how that's scary. Well, you don't get frights. You fear them. 26th floor! Can I sleep in your bed tonight? <laughs> yeah, see, I, I get why she's scary. Yeah, yeah, creepy girl from the ring, but... But David Pumpkins? I mean, is he from something? Yeah, like, is he from a local commercial, or...? Well, the scariest thing to the mind is the unknown... <laughs> I'm David Pumpkins! I know, but, like, who are you? I'm David Pumpkins, man! Okay, yeah, yeah, and David Pumpkins is... His own thing! And the skeletons are... Part of it! <laughs> Are you a part of this ride? To do this! What's my name? David S. Pumpkins! Any questions? Yes! Several! I mean, what, he has a middle initial now? I am so in the weeds with David Pumpkins. Babe, don't let David Pumpkins ruin your night. Please. Okay, so everybody remembers David Pumpkins. 
yes, several. Uh, and of course, that's Beck Bennett and Kate McKinnon as the two people who are riding the haunted elevator. Of course, Keenan is your elevator uh, operator. And it's David S. Pumpkins, which is Tom Hanks, and Mikey Day and uh, Bobby Moynihan as his skeleton-clad B-boys. And of course, it's gone down in history as one of the classic SNL sketches of all time. Uh, a Halloween tradition. There was an animated special. Uh, Tom Hanks came back uh, on an episode last season and made an appearance as David S. Pumpkins. And it's gone down in pulp culture history and in Saturday Night Live history as one of the funniest and weirdest and most memorable sketches of all time. So, yes, you had the Cubs going to the World Series, and you had Lady Gaga as your musical guests, and you had Alec Baldwin uh, making a cameo, and you had uh, Kate McKinnon doing her Clinton, and it was during the, the debate season and all that stuff. And then, of course... David S. Pumpkin shows up, one of the weirdest and craziest characters that we'd never seen before, and that took over. That was the thing that everybody remembered. But the very first sketch of that night, the very first sketch right out of the monologue, was a sketch uh, that involved Black Jeopardy. And Black Jeopardy was a sketch that they had, they had written. Michael Che is one of the guys that, that created Black Jeopardy. Um, and along with uh, Brian Tucker, who at the, t- at the time was head writer, they had written a few sketches of Black Jeopardy. And it was the idea, and of course, we all know Celebrity Jeopardy, where Will Ferrell played uh, Alex Trebek, and of course, Sean Connery played by Daryl Hammond. They did a series of the regular Celebrity Jeopardies that were always memorable, that were always great. Those are some of the best sketches. You know, uh, Norm MacDonald playing Burt Reynolds as Turd Ferguson and all these other incredible, really funny bits that they did. Celebrity Jeopardy, which, by the way, is my friend Steve Cochran, who you can hear on WLSAM 89 in Chicago doing Morning Drive. That's his favorite. Those are his favorite sketches ever in SNL history. So, So Jeopardy and Jeopardy parodies and satires have done historically very, very, very well on SNL. And so they did a Black Jeopardy, which basically consists of, um, you know, it's always the, the idea is that it's like it's hosted by, uh, by Keenan and there are two black uh, contestants and then one white contestant. And all of the questions on the Jeopardy board are geared toward black culture and black life and black lifestyle. And there's always kind of a white person on the, uh, on the contestant panel who struggles with like answering the questions like they don't understand black culture. And it, it has provided some very funny stuff in the past. But this particular sketch the Black Jeopardy sketch, which featured Doug, a contestant named Doug, played by Tom Hanks, uh, really, really stood out. And in fact, I think is one of the best sketches in the history of SNL. I think one of the most subtle, one of the most beautiful, one of the most pointed, and one of the best political sketches that has ever aired on Saturday Night Live. And it kind of came out of nowhere. So while everybody was celebrating here in Chicago that the Cubs won the pennant, and while most people across the country were latching on to David S. Pumpkins, who would become a Halloween tradition and a legendary weird character, and for good reason, because David Pumpkins rules the planet, and that sketch is amazing, and I loved it as well, but under the radar is the Black Jeopardy sketch with Doug, which I think is one of the most important and best political sketches that Saturday Night Live has ever aired. To go back, uh, Entertainment Weekly did a little profile on it a few years ago because now it's gone down in history. Now people are realizing how great that sketch was. Now, when it first aired, again, everybody was talking about David Pumpkins. That was the thing. That was what you talked about at the water cooler. That's what everybody was watching on YouTube. That's what everybody was sharing virally. It was all about David S. Pumpkins uh, and that sketch. 
But then, you know, as time went by and as years went by, people were like, holy shit, this Black Jeopardy sketch with Tom Hanks playing the Trump supporter, Doug, man, that's pretty special and pretty great. And now, in retrospect, when we look back years later, that's the sketch of the night, without question. That might have been the sketch of the entire season, in fact, the sketch of the year. But the sketch of the night from that show was not David Pumpkins, which is awesome and funny and weird. It was Black Jeopardy with Doug. So Entertainment Weekly did a thing that said in the middle of a presidential election cycle, and it was this one that pushed the entire nation to another brink, a sleeper sketch on Saturday Night Live used a game show, a movie star, and smart writing to underline the messy and uncomfortable nuance, but a core underlying issue on race relations in America. On the date that I mentioned, American Treasure and that evening's SNL host, Tom Hanks, starred in the latest iteration of Black Jeopardy, the sketch created by then-co-head writer... Brian Tucker, and writer and Weekend Update co-anchor Michael Che featured Kenan Thompson as host Darnell Hayes, Sashir Zameda, and Leslie Jones as contestants Keeley and Shanice. And the usual conceit was simple. The questions were ones answerable by black people, and the third contestant was often a white person, hopelessly fumbling and failing in all the categories, until Tom Hanks enters with his drawl and his Trump hat, his Make America Great hat, uh, and, you know, dressed up with gray beard and a weird little drawl. He's clearly a Trump supporter, and that changed everything. It changed the, what the sketch was regularly. Um, and this is uh, Tucker talking about it. This is Brian Tucker saying, I had the idea brewing for a little while. If you're white and you're in these worlds, like I'm a little bit, you're still not totally part of things. There's a shared culture if you're black that you just have, and if you're white that you just don't have. I was overhearing some people on the street, and they were talking about this one person in the neighborhood that a bunch of them knew, and there was a familiarity but but they did, that they didn't have. And I thought, I wonder if this started brewing, uh, if there was a sketch in there that I could write. Now, previously, the sketch had aired originally. It debuted. The very first Black Jeopardy uh, debuted in March of 2014, and it featured... Uh, contestants uh, like uh, Louis C.K., Elizabeth Banks, they were out of touch. But with Hanks, they capitalized on his everyman, you know, uh, likability. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. He won an Oscar. Everybody loves him. So Hanks is incredible at taking any character and making him human. We know that from decades of him doing it and winning Oscars and making characters that are a little weird or complicated very, very human. And at the time, there was a very, very large division in the country. Uh, Keenan Thompson said, so him playing a character that was so far from the other side of the aisle was super bold, Keenan Thompson said. For the Black Jeopardy sketch, he had a total of three days to prepare. According to Keenan Thompson, the actor's performance evolved closer as they got to the show with Doug's accent, the character he's playing, that becomes a little more pronounced. Um, and, and some of the mannerisms and stuff like that, Tom Hanks really didn't find until dress and then to air. Um, Leslie Jones said, even during dress rehearsal, he was still trying to figure him out. But live, he blew us all the way, all away with the things that he didn't tell us he was going to do. At one point, Keenan walks up to him after he answers a question correctly to shake his hand, and Tom Hanks steps back like he's scared of a black man coming up to shake his hand, and then realizing it's safe, he does shake his hand. Tom Hanks did that during dress. He didn't know he was going to do it. Keenan Thompson didn't know he was going to do it. He backed away scared because a black man is approaching him. Uh, and that was Tom Hanks bringing it to it. Um, and the, the stuff that was happening between Sashir Zameda uh, and Leslie Jones and Tom Hanks there, the way they were at reacting to his answering the questions, the way they reacted to certain, uh, uh, you know, subjects that would pop up on the board is priceless. Um, the six and a half minute sketch was a tightrope act. 
and it manages to balance tension, anxiety, and humanity across all the categories and the punchlines. Uh, Doug starts out as a possible fish out of water, maybe fascist, um, and uh, where he's going to, you know, each correct answer he's going to share his opinion. But then slowly things happen and things change, and he starts to win over the audience, the two black contestants, and the black host, played by um, played by uh, Keenan Thompson. So Black Jeopardy, which had been on, like I said here, since 2014, and the sketch is very simple. It's like white people come on and are dumbfounded by the questions and don't understand black culture. But here is this <laughs> white, sort of drawly, maybe a little bit of a redneck, red hat wearing Trump supporter who they discover, um, the, black, the black people involved in the show discovered that they have a lot more in common with this guy than they thought they would. And that's what the sketch is about. The sketch is about this weird commonality that people might have, people of certain ethnicities, and that black people might have with working class Trump supporters. Um, it was subtle. It was brilliant. It is subtle. It is brilliant. It works on a million levels, and it became, in my estimation, one of the most important, one of the most layered, and one of the most delicate and brilliant political sketches that SNL has ever done. Um, and it kind of came out of nowhere. Again, everybody was talking about David S. Pumpkins and some of the other stuff that was happening on the show. Meanwhile, this really subversively brilliant, subtle political sketch happened. And it's one of the most balanced and wonderful ways to connect people at a time when we were not connecting. It got worse after, obviously, after Trump got elected. You know, all hell broke loose. And there are deep divisions still within this country that are never going to be filled. And while we were trying to navigate that very weird time where Trump was running for office and he had a bunch of followers and the MAGA hats were popping out and, man, it's separating this country. We'll never be able to get together again. Along comes this sketch about commonality between cultures and finding that bridge where we, we, we can connect even if we're on polar opposite sides. So what uh, started out as just another Black Jeopardy sketch about making white people look clueless and dumb about black culture, which is hilarious and true, this particular episode of Black Jeopardy um, is genius. So here it is. Here's the whole sketch. This is the Black Jeopardy sketch with your contestant, Doug, who's wearing a MAGA hat. You'll see. You'll hear. Um, and again, it's Keenan Thompson playing the host. Sashir Zameda and, and, and Leslie Jones are the contestants. And your contestant, is, your other contestant, is Tom Hanks playing a full-on Trump supporter. This is the entire sketch, and, it, and it's, uh, it's one of the best sketches ever. And clearly that night, it, was, uh, it, it blew the doors off the place. So here it is. This is Black Jeopardy with Doug from October 22nd, 2016, Season 42, Episode 4. A legendary sketch. This is Black Jeopardy. Yeah, what up? What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Black Jeopardy, the only TV game show where the audience is in church clothes. <laughs> I'm your host, Darnell Hayes. Our contestants are Keely. Hi. Shanice. Okay, now. And Doug. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? Oh, man. <laughs> Doug, you sure you're ready to play Black Jeopardy? They told me a fella can win some money, so let's win me some money. Get her done. <laughs> well, 
admire your confidence. Let's see our categories. We got big girls. Mm, I don't know. You better. I'm gonna pray on this. They out here saying, and as always, white people. Okay, Keely, you're our returning champ. You pick. Okay, let's do you better for 200. Okay, the answer there. You need hot sauce, duck sauce, soy sauce, and safety pins. Keely. What is, you better take your ass to the kitchen and look in the packet drawer. Yeah, yeah, the packet drawer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every kitchen's got one, you know. Okay, let's stay with you better for 400. Okay, the answer, your job wants to take $40 a month out of your check for a 401k. Shanice. What is, you better give me that money so I can buy me some scratch-offs. Yeah, you damn right. You damn right. I mean, why do I need a retirement plan when I got Monopoly Millionaires Club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I play that every week. Yeah, well, that's good for you. Okay. <laughs> the board is yours, Shanice. Let's go with they, be, they out there saying for 200 Okay, the answer, they out here saying the new iPhone wants your thumbprint for your protection. Oh, okay then, Doug. Well, what is, I, I don't think so. That's how they get you. Yes! <laughs> yes! That's it. I don't trust that. Me either. No, I read that and go straight to the government. Mm. Well, that is not bad, Doug. <laughs> uh, the board is yours. Well, let's go over to, mm, I don't know, for four. Okay, the answer there. He says his dog doesn't bite. Shanice. What is, mm, I don't know, he got teeth, don't he? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Anything with teeth, you know? Anything with teeth. Let's stick with, mm, I don't know, for six. Okay. Caitlyn Jenner says she belongs on the cover of Essence magazine. Keely. What is, mm, I don't know, you can't do everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, there, there was a time. Absolutely. You know, there was a time. Right. Oh, yeah, I, I remember, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's go to they out here saying for eight. Okay, the answer there. They out here saying that every vote counts. Oh, Doug again. What is, come on, they already decided who wins even before it happens. Yes! 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 And the Illuminati figured that out months ago. That's another one for Doug. Okay, we're, uh, we're doing it. Let's try, uh, they out here saying for six. Okay. They out here saying, this movie doesn't deserve an Oscar. Keely. What is Tyler Perry's boo a Madea Halloween? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when that man puts on a moo-moo, I'm just transported. Yeah. You know, I, I gotta tell you, I, I love those movies. I bought a box set at Walmart, and if I can laugh and pray, in 90 minutes, that is money well spent. Oh, you know what, sir? I really appreciate you saying that. I like that. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, no, it's all good. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Okay. Keely, it's your pick. Let's go to You Better for Six. Okay, the answer The mechanic says you owe $250 for new brake lines. Doug. Well, what is, you better go to that dude in my neighborhood who'll fix anything for $40. Well, well you know Cecil. Yeah, I, well, my Cecil's name is Jim, and it fixed my refrigerator, my air conditioner, and my cat. Yeah, yeah, everybody's got a guy. Well, you all right, Doug. <laughs> oh. 
just take a moment and hear about today's prizes. Johnny? Thanks, Darnell. Today's Black Jeopardy winner will receive the good chair. Granddaddy needs somewhere to sit. Give him the good chair. And car tape, the best tape for fixing your car. Car tape, it's done. Back to you, Darnell. Well, Doug, I don't know what's going on, but the board is yours. Well, thank you so much, Darnell. You people are fun. Can I say that? Is that okay? Can I say that? We'll give you a pass this time. <laughs> okay, let's go to big girls for 200. Okay, and the answer there, skinny women can do this for you. Doug. What is not a damn thing? Yeah, you know what? You know, my wife, my wife, she's a, she's a sturdy gal. Yeah. That is my man right okay. there. Yeah, go Doug, go Doug, go Doug. Go Doug. Go Doug. Go Doug. Oh, oh. Uh, the sound of the broom hitting the ceiling below us means that the party has to stop. <laughs> but, uh, Doug, I have to say it has been a pleasure. Well, you know, right back at you, my brother. All right, well, let's take a look at our final Jeopardy category. Lives that matter. <laughs> well, it was good while it lasted, Doug. I know, I got a lot to say about this. Yeah, I'm sure you do. When we come back, we'll play the national anthem and just see what the hell happens. We'll be right back. Yeah. So, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, one of the subtlest and most brilliant political political sketches I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live, and it was kind of tucked in there. Um, and like I said, that night, people in Chicago at least, and a lot of baseball people were distracted by that game. Um, uh, I didn't watch it till 2 o'clock in the morning, and obviously, you know, David Pumpkins became the water cooler moment that everybody talked about and the character that everybody talked about. And then everybody went back and watched the sketch, this Black Jeopardy sketch with Doug, the the MAGA hat wearing Trump supporter who find commonality uh, and a bridge between himself and, and, and the black folks that were on stage with them. Um, it's a, it's a pretty astonishing sketch. And I just, just listening to it again, I've seen it a million times, but just listening to it again, laughing out loud and like really, you know, loving the fact that at that time, especially because it was leading right up to, I mean, we were just, you know, a month away from the election, uh, less than a month away. I mean, we were, you know, only a couple of weeks away from the election. Um, uh, yeah. And so it was, it was just, it was amazing to see that. Um, uh, and then, uh, it was, it's, it's been written about all over the place uh, from Vox said that, uh, in under seven minutes, SNL dug into the commonalities between people who view each other as total opposites, the racially motivated anxieties of the Trump base and many Americans hesitance to cross increasingly polarized political lines in search of anything that, you know, you might like on the other side. Um, also finding the absurdity in the Trump versus Clinton debates, it, that's easy, portraying the many sharp, hilarious, and different ways um, that you can, you can dig into the campaign is really hard. And SNL crushed it with Doug um, <laughs> and uh, Black Jeopardy. The bulk of the sketch is the humanizing back and forth between Doug, the black host, the black contestants, and the black audience. It's easy to read the message as a plea for tolerance and understanding. There's more that unites us then divides us is what the message of the sketch is. Um, you can even add a, a, a class analysis because black Americans share uh, much more. They have much more in common um, with some Trump supporters that they share common interests in. 
Um, there are important important limits to that universe um, in SNL, uh, you know, because it's roots, roots, roots in the South, black culture shares an affinity with rural white life that Doug represents. Um, and so, you know, this, this connection between the black contestants, the black host, the black audience, and this MAGA hat wearing white guy, um, and that bridge that they are able to walk across together for a little while until the final category is lives that matter. Just for that seven minutes, all was right with the world for a little while. Um, and then we were thrust back into the insanity of what was happening in the world. But for that seven minutes, we were all united, uh, thanks to Black Jeopardy and thanks to this really endearing Trump supporter named Doug. So a great sketch that worked much more subtly than any of the political stuff that they were doing at that time, because you had Alec Baldwin who his Trump is very hilarious, but it's a caricature. It's over the top, um, and there's nothing really subtle about it. And Hillary Clinton, you know, the, the, the way that uh, Kate McKinnon did Hillary Clinton was she bumped up her paranoia. She had the wide-eyed thing. None of these, either of these portrayals are both very funny. Uh, Kate McKinnon's uh, Hillary Clinton is great, and Alec Baldwin's Trump is great, but they weren't subtle. There was nothing subtle about it. They didn't you know, uh, concentrate on any kind of really deeply significant political stuff. All of a sudden, here's this Black Jeopardy thing um, that is way more intelligent and, you know, way more subtle than anything that they were doing on Saturday Night Live with Alec Baldwin kind of screaming and Kate McKinnon doing her bug-eyed thing, um, which were very funny. And at the time, we were living in very crazy, you know, political times where it seemed over the top, where everything that was happening in the real world seemed like it was happening in some sort of fake, crazy, over-the-top, insane universe that can't possibly exist, although it did. So, uh, anyway, as I said, um, you know, the sketch was written by Brian Tucker and Michael Che. And we all know Michael Che, who uh, spent, uh, he and Jost were co-head writers for a few years, and he took over the mantle from Brian Tucker the year after this sketch aired. And, of course, he's the co-anchor of Weekend Update and a great stand-up comedian, a terrific writer, and an unbelievable comedic mind, um, both politically and just in terms of, you know, like, like straight-up funny comedy. He's a great, great writer and a great, great comedian and a really great uh, anchor update. So he's done great stuff on the show um, and behind the scenes has written and been responsible for writing some of the coolest and funniest, most politically significant and culturally significant things that SNL had during his tenure as a writer. And he's still a writer on the show. So uh, Michael Che appeared on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Um, and uh, this is, a, a, you know, a couple of years after this sketch aired. Uh, at this point, uh, Donald Trump was elected president um, uh, to a lot of people's chagrin. Um, and he appeared on Seth Meyers' show, and obviously Seth Meyers worked with Michael Che together on Saturday Night Live, and, you know, obviously uh, uh, Seth Meyers was the head writer of SNL for a while. So he appeared on Late Night, and of course, you know, Seth Meyers is going to bring up the Black uh, Jeopardy sketch with Tom Hanks because it's one of the best sketches that uh, Che has ever been a part of and has ever written. So here's Michael Che's explanation and thoughts on the background why he and Tucker wrote the sketch, and what what happened. I mean, man, Black Jeopardy with Doug, one of the best sketches ever. Here's Michael Che on Late Night with Seth Meyers talking about it. Uh, you and some others, uh, yeah. Brian Tucker, uh, uh -huh. uh, write one of my favorite sketches of recent years on SNL called Black Jeopardy. Oh, cool. And I want to talk 
About the last incarnation of it was with Tom Hanks. And I felt like, as far as any of the comedy that's been done about this election, it had an incredible amount of empathy for Trump voters in a way that I thought was really unique and interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought it was Tucker's idea to do one with a Trump voter that, that gets everything right and he plays on in the game. And it made a lot of sense because, you know, you, you, with all this comedy, it seems very divisive. And this is kind of a thing that said, listen, we're not that different. When you really break it down, we've got the same kind of sensibilities. We, we come from the same places usually. We want the same things. And this sketch, I thought people kind of... It was a good way for people to laugh and say, oh, we're very similar. And particularly, you sort of drew a parallel between um, Trump voters mm -hmm. and uh, black people, which yeah. is not a parallel that anybody else was making at the time. Well... <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. My brother's a cop. And yeah. no, <laughs> no, no, it's, it does work. I mean, there's a lot... You know, listen, I, I grew up in Manhattan in the projects, and I, I feel like... I have a lot more in common with Southern whites than I do Upper West Side whites sure. in Manhattan. Yeah, you know? there you go. So it's a lot of uh, Jesus and uh, guns and big trucks. <laughs> <laughs> what is your... Does that make sense somehow? Yeah, <laughs> I think it makes sense. Wally's laughing. <laughs> Did you... What is your take now on how voters are reacting to the outcome of this re uh, election? Uh, yeah, I think white people think they're not going to be white no more. Yeah. You, you guys, think we're, but it'll seriously, be fine. Don't worry about it. We're gonna be okay. Yeah, man. You guys, <laughs> you. <yeah. laughs> no, I, I think people are freaking out, and they probably should. He's a maniac. But also, <laughs> also, I hope that we remember that hopefully this government is uh, constructed in a way where one man can't undo it all by just pulling a string. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully, we're gonna hopefully. find out. We're gonna find out. You know how out. all that time when people say, "Oh, the, the president don't really do nothing." God, I hope that's true. <laughs> Please. Please let that be true. Now, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I feel like you have a... You've gotten a little bit of trouble for saying in an interview that Donald Trump was smart, but this is something that Bernie Sanders just said as well. And yes. So that we make the mistake of dismissing his intelligence based on some of the things he says. Clearly, he's a smart guy. I mean, he knows something we don't know. Yeah. I mean, he knows something Hillary didn't know, <laughs> yeah. apparently. So, I mean, I think sometimes you take for granted that you, you, when, you, when you dismiss a guy as being dumb or dismiss a guy as being crazy and all that stuff, you don't see him coming when he actually does have a plan and he puts it into effect. So yeah. we need to give this guy more credit than we are giving him, and maybe he won't shock us as often as he has been. Yeah, I think, that's I, mean? a, I think that's excellent advice. And uh, I'm so happy to have you. Always such a pleasure. Yeah. Um, not so much hearing that now, because this was just uh, a few weeks after the election when this, um, when this happened. And he was a little bit more hopeful than... <laughs> well, we had to be hopeful, I think. But he was a little bit more hopeful. You can hear it. It's like, okay, it might not be that bad. And it might, be, might not be as horrible as we think it's going to be, because he clearly wasn't sworn in yet. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, but so there's Michael Che explaining uh, how he wanted to bridge the gap between, you know, uh, the, the, the MAGA hat wearers and, and, and the black community and the fact that we have a lot more in common than we think we do. All of us do. And that's what the message of the sketch was. It was this let's all kind of admit the fact that we're all human, that we all have some of the same concerns, that culturally we can find a way, you know, to get together. And that at a time when there's a huge divide, maybe it's best if we come together. That was the message of the sketch. Uh, and that was clearly the message that Michael Che had. And clearly he was a lot more optimistic about what was going to happen after Trump was elected, because Trump was clearly elected uh, during this interview. 
Um, and he was a lot more optimistic uh, than, you know, when you hear this now, you're like, oh, wow, um, he's a little bit too optimistic. <laughs> because now, in retrospect, you know, years later, we know exactly what happened when Trump got in the White House. And, <laughs> and being optimistic was not something that we should have been. Uh, being as pessimistic as possible didn't even kind of <laughs> touch upon what happened. But anyway, Michael Che, Brian Tucker wrote the sketch Black Jeopardy with Doug, a brilliant comedic performance by Tom Hanks, uh, creating a very great three-dimensional, lovely character in six minutes. Well-written, beautifully performed by everybody involved. It's a perfect sketch. It's a perfect piece of comedy. It's a great piece of satire of game shows. It's also a wonderful political sketch. One of the best sketches uh, in most recent years of, uh, of SNL, and I think actually one of the, the, the most beautiful uh, political sketches uh, in SNL history. And it was kind of there, man. It was kind of just snuck right in. Like, uh, you know, like I said, you know, there was so much stuff going on in the world and, you know, all the election stuff and all the craziness that was happening in the world. And in Chicago, uh, you know, we were concentrating on what was happening with the Cubs and the Cubs were going to the World Series. And then all of a sudden this weird ass David Pumpkins thing comes out and takes over the Internet and the world and pop culture. And meanwhile, this little sketch that Brian Tucker and Michael Che wrote, which turned out to be this brilliant gem of politics and emotion is in there. So check it out. Season 42, episode four, it aired October 22nd, 2016. Hanks was your host. Lady Gaga was your musical guest. Lots of great stuff on the show, all the way from top to bottom. A great, solid, amazing show, which is usually the case when Hanks hosts. Uh, and in addition to David S. Pumpkins, you have Black Jeopardy with Doug. One of the best sketches ever. All right. Hey, thank you for checking us out. Uh, and please, listen, uh, there's a brand new episode here at RadioMisfits.com uh, on the Radio Misfit Podcast Network and everywhere you get your podcasts. Every Wednesday, a brand new That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years in SNL podcast. Um, and if you would like to leave a voicemail with your suggestions and your thoughts and your comments, I love to hear them. I listen to all of them, and I play some of them back here on the podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts about this podcast and about Saturday Night Live and your suggestions. 773-417-6948. Emails with your thoughts and your, and your comments and any SNL stuff. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to thank everybody at Radio Misfits. You should also check out our live streaming service, radiomisfits.live. 24-7. It's like radio only cooler. You can hear this podcast every morning at 9 a.m. Central, and you can hear my other podcast, which is an entertainment pop culture review podcast called The Nick D Podcast. You can hear that every day at 3 p.m. Central, and unheard music and unsigned bands and other episodes of the many amazing podcasts that we have to offer at Radio Misfits. So check out the live streaming at radiomisfits.live. And check us out at RadioMisfits.com. And please share and rate and review us on every platform. My thanks to Ed, the main man at Radio Misfits. And my thanks to Jason Skaggs, who does all the themes and all the music. You heard that great opening theme, and this is the closing theme that Jason Skaggs put together for me. My thanks to you for listening and to everybody. Um, that show hasn't been funny in years in SNL podcast. I'm Nick DeGilio. We'll do it again next Wednesday. Thanks for checking it out. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>